Welcome to From the Back Tees, a podcast where we tee it up from the back every week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, the podcast that is always from the back tees. I'm Jerry Lou, and joining me as always is our leader in chief, Zach Penster, and Nolan, please call me Tiger Smith. And Zach, we have a fourth guest, or rather a fourth person, but a guest, who would it be? Oh yeah, we got a real special guest on the pod today. He's a Corn Ferry Tour winner from earlier this season. He's out in Mexico. It's our guy, Jared Wolf. How's it going, Jared? Jared, hey, get your ass in here! Hey, hey, all right, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> uh, no, man, I'm good to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on. So real quick, just give us a quick bio about yourself in terms of, I just found out you're 31, and you thought mm-hmm. you were the oldest one this show, and I have you by just a, a dog hair or two, but uh, needless to say, I don't even know what a dog hair is, but needless to say, <laughs> tell us a little bit about where you're from uh, and like um, uh, what got you into golf, uh, mm-hmm. collegiate stuff, high school, uh, what have you. Just fill us in real quick. Cool. Yeah. So uh, originally, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I was was born there, lived there pretty much my whole life. You can uh, hear the accent, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I, uh, it sticks out when I when I played uh, in Canada for a couple of years. It was it was fun to turn the accent on to the host housing. It was host houses. They they couldn't understand what I was saying. It was pretty good. But anyway, uh, played some played some high school golf there in the state, uh, Butler and Butler Traditional High School, and then. Went to Murray State on the southwest part of Kentucky, uh, where my accent got a little bit thicker. A lot of tobacco and cornfields down there. But <laughs> great people, great time. Uh, our coach is actually retiring this year. So uh, that, that's it's pretty cool. He's been there for a while. Um, What's yeah, coach? There. Coach is Eddie Hunt. Eddie Hunt. Shout out to Eddie, shout out to Eddie Hunt. Uh, and, man, we had, some, we had some good times there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, term, the, graduated there in 2010. And then started playing some mini tour stuff. They didn't have PGA Tour China or McKenzie or uh, Latin America Tour affiliated with the PGA Tour then. So everything was Hooters Tour or uh, Tar Heel Tour. And that was it. And that's those tours were booming. And you had Ted Potter and Sean McKeel. And you had, uh, you know, all these guys that, that were just tearing that apart uh, when I got out of college. And so I, I never really played that well in any of those um and so i played that for about three years uh, and then i made it through q school in the end of 2013 mm. played played my rookie year in 2014 on the corn ferry at the time web.com uh with a pretty good class there was a lot of good guys that that went the opposite direction that i went uh they they went up to the tour and i went down to uh to, to some more development tours after that, but that was a lot of fun getting to play with those guys, guys that are on Ryder Cups and President's Cups teams now, and hopefully guys I'll get to mingle with a little bit more next year uh, if I can get get to the big show. But uh, law status there, went to McKenzie Tour in Canada, played up there for a little bit, loved my time in Canada. Shout out to the to the, uh, to the the red and white. And the oh, yeah. League. I'm out in Toronto now, but I'm from Montreal originally, so this oh, is like – Love it. Yeah, yeah. technically. Zach is the editor-in-chief and uh, HMF uh, IC in charge, whatever it is. Um, he, we, we, we claim that we're headquartered in Canada. I mean, despite Noah and I both living in Oregon, which is a lot of fun, but. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Well, you know, 
you know, Toronto is Toronto is probably one of my favorite cities. I love that place. Oh, it's yeah. fun. It's fun to go around up there. Uh, so I played up there and had a lot of fun and then got some status back in 16 on the corn ferry, lost it, went down to Latin America and fell in love with the tour down there. And uh, had some really good success there, uh, winning an event and finishing second on the money list there. Got me back into the Corn Ferry in 2018. Uh, had a very mediocre year there and dropped back down to Latin Tour. So I gave, uh, gave Latin Tour two swings and uh, finished third on the money list last year there. And now we're back on the Corn Ferry and starting out a heck of a lot better than I have any other year. That's good. Now, I mean, uh, before I let uh, Zach and Nolan, the guys who are really good at interviewing, uh, jump in, I just got uh, one more question for you. I mean, you clearly sound like a grinder. Uh, Golf has always been your number one option. I mean, since when was golf going to – like, when did you decide that golf was going to be your thing? Were you a dual sport athlete? Were you interested in anything else in school? No, I was I was too uh, too slow and fat to play any other any other sports. <laughs> I, I I tried to I wanted to try out for basketball in high school, and the the coach is one of the best amateur golfers in the state at the time, and he just he, he politely said, "Let's let's just stick to golf. Let's not even come to tryouts." So so I I, I kicked that aside. Uh, I played some sports growing up, you know, obviously playing a different like church league stuff as a kid, playing softball, basketball, things like that, but. Uh, no, I kind of had a blind ignorance coming out of high school and college that I, I was, I thought I was, I didn't know what good golf really was. Like, I, I just thought, you know, I was like, oh, I'm good at golf. You know, I think I'll turn pro and I, like, I'm pretty sure this is what I'm going to do. Like, you know, I, this is what I think. And then my, my eyes were open when I got, got out there and people were shooting 25, 28 under par. And I'm like, how's that possible? What is Hello. That? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, wherever you go, man, people are shooting yeah. low scores. Doesn't matter. It's unbelievable. It's only gotten. It's only gotten. You know, not worse. So I can't say worse. It's more only competitive. Better. Yeah, more competitive. You know, better for the game. But uh, but yeah, man. So I don't know. I just always knew that you know something that something that I was going to do, and then married a girl that was uh, on board 110, percent and she's been she's been pushing me as well, and not giving up on me, and and here we are. One step closer to the PGA Tour. Yeah, I guess things are starting to go really well for you this year. I guess for those who don't know, you're fourth in the Corn Ferry Tour ranks. And we were discussing it before. What's it like to get up? Because there's all sorts of different statuses based on where you finish. Right, right. Well, it's like at the beginning of the year, I was only guaranteed four events. And I was going to wow. be looking at, uh, you know, trying to figure out the schedule for the rest of the year. And then, uh, you know, and – and then winning that event, the second event of the year, for one, my first thought was, oh, wow, cool. I get to, you know, set my schedule for the rest of the year. And then, you know, things just kept hitting me. Like, okay, now I'm going to be in the, in, the, in the finals. So I'll be in the tour championship. I'll be like that. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm only a couple hundred points away from a PGA Tour card. So it was just like everything kept, kept you know, um, snowballing for me. Like I just kept, oh, my gosh, this means this. It means this. It means this and, and stuff. So that's, that's pretty cool. But if I, can, if I can keep it in the top 25, uh, which is the goal. Obviously the goal is to be number one at the end of the year. Uh, so that's what we're going to go for. And if we fall within the top 25, then we'll get the PGA tour card. Yeah. I'm not, this could be a very bad question because I am not <laughs> the greatest of golfers. Does it affect the way you play at all knowing that there's one step higher? Cause you obviously want to accumulate enough points to get your tour card. Like you said, would you play more conservatively towards the end of a tournament? You know, there's, there's, there is times that it could happen. I was fortunate last year to win the first event on the Latin tour. And 
I kind of took that approach towards the end of the, like towards the next five or six events. I was like, I kind of took it the opposite, I guess, of what you're, what you were saying. I almost took it too relaxed as, oh, okay, I only need a little bit more on the order of merit money list to finish top five. So I'm just, you know, I'm just going to relax a lot more. And then I noticed my golf was struggling because of it. And so that was a goal this year is to not really, you know, let my position of where I'm at really affect anything. Keep the pedal to the floor. Exactly. Keep it, keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've always been on the record of saying that like, uh, if we were to take the top 500 golfers in the world and just like eliminate them in a cruise ship or whatever, the next 500 golfers would be shooting the exact same scores, which I just wrote down here. I'm like, Hey, Jared Wolf, if we take away the Mexico and Puerto mm -hmm. Rico tournament, he's our current PJ tour goddamn winner right now, because he is the guy who bested the field after all those people I said, if they were to just disappear, I mean, it's just, right. that's, that's the time we're in right now. You see all the talent out there. I mean, there's Christ. so many, so many good golfers, man. It's, it's, you know, and you tell because there's so many new guys winning every week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, outside of obviously WGC events or you know, some things like that because it's the same fields. But, you know, you just get – well, you've had Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland and um, Morikawa. Yeah, win in what, four, eight, and 11 starts. I mean, that's, that's No ridiculous. Q school. No Q school needed no for those. No Q school. Guys. That's crazy. No Q school, yeah. The battlefield like, promotion or, or exemption is a great way to get it. But, I mean, Q school mm – -hmm. There's something about Q school, the length and the cost of it and how hard oh, it is. I think those guys are the tempered golfers out there. I mean, they are the warriors. I mean, ooh. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is it is the most expensive stretch of golf you'll ever play, and it's the most pressure you'll, you'll have. And all kinds of stories, man. Like, you could just go down the list and just fill hours and hours of content with stories of people uh, in Q school. Shoot, sounds like we have a separate pod, Zach. We got to start. <laughs> we got to find a different mine and uh, take Jared along and start uh, get that axe, start mining stories yeah. of Q school. So, what is it like? Um, how do you get on to like the McKenzie tour? Uh, is it, what is it, the Canadian tour or the mm -hmm. Latin American PGA tour? Like, how does that work? Do you have to like pay your way through it all? I'm guessing too. Yeah, it's it's similar in structure as far as. Uh, the tour, all three of those tours, uh, China, McKinsey, and Latin America, are owned by the PGA Tour, and uh, they kind of they run things, you know, pretty similar as far as just as far as uh, you know administration's concerned and, and, and different things. But yeah, we're paying our own flights, we're paying our own hotels, uh, you know, caddy fees, everything like that. But uh, we have the difference there is you got you have one round of qualifying uh, or one stage of qualifying, excuse me to get onto the tour if you don't have status from the year before, whereas corn Ferry you have four, uh, or you have three. If you have, if you have to go to pre-qualifying, you have four stages, but mm. most of the time it's three stages. Um, uh, you know, and you're, so anyway, there, there's some, there's some differences, uh, in, in that, but yeah, it's the same kind of structure pretty much. That's right. Right. Yeah, I've exactly. always, been, always been like interested on, how that works is the whole like minor league system of golf. Uh, mm -hmm. I've never really completely understand that it seems to be always changing a lot and there's different routes you can take. So. Well, what sure. does it cost? <clears throat> Sorry, Jared, what, what does it cost now to tee it up uh, for each morning? Essentially? I know for people, those of you who don't know out there, it used to be, I don't know if it still is, you essentially had to cut a check every morning before you teed it up on top of making a cut that day. Right uh on on the mini tour events yes like since the pga tour bought those those events now you, you you pay your membership fees at the beginning of the year you pay like an administration fee every week on those tours you pay like you know, a little bit but oh, what what i meant was that q school 
Oh, I'm sorry, Q school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, every yeah you. Um, that was my that was it? my bad for being a little uh, jangled there. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's yeah. It's like I think five thousand basically for Q school and if. Oh, so it hasn't gone up that much over the years. <laughs> no, 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 not not too bad. Yeah, but like if you're exempt into second stage, it may be 4,500. If you're exempt into final stage, it might be 4,000. So it's not. Well, you're still making cuts every day, though, too, right? But but right, yeah, you have, well, not every day, I guess every stage they have them, right? So you you have first stage, you get, yeah, first stage is four rounds, you know, same second and third, but but they're only taking maybe 18 to 20 from the 70 something people in each event. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard, It's, it's brutal to get through those. I've, I've always called it like the toughest test in sports not not golf because obviously oh, it's sure. i would agree period i would agree because you can leave you can leave there with nothing you can leave there even getting the final stage and playing well and still leave with no guaranteed events yeah you better hope your job's still open when you get back or whatever yeah, exactly. and you just lost a bunch of money trying to do it <laughs> oh yeah i mean five thousand is just the injury fee you're looking at about a ten thousand dollar stretch if you play all three stages but that's that's kind of the nature of the beast i'd say for professional golf that like even not the guys on top or per se your jared wolfs but needless to say like uh th- there's a lot of like grinding that goes on in the backside where a lot of guys teed up in those monday tournaments to make like a small check because they might not make the cut but they got to pay for something how they got there that week for them and their caddy and stuff like that so mm-hmm. oh yeah it's a it's a huge huge grind you got a lot of guys that um heck you got uh, especially traveling like, up there in Canada and, and um, Latin America and stuff, you, you get a lot of guys are like, okay, you didn't make the cut this week. We're rooming together. The other guy made the cut. Uh, I'll caddy for you to, to help shave expenses, you know, like to not, you know, so it saves you a little bit of money. Uh, you don't have to pay a local caddy or anything like that. And, um, I was going to say, do a lot of guys, different. do a lot of guys take local caddies as opposed to, paying for their caddy to come around with <laughs> on them. those on those tours yeah on those three tours they do for sure they, they get a lot more locals but on the corn ferry a lot of guys just take the same guy you know pretty much all year or, or the same guys are out here all year pretty much yeah we gotta we gotta ask as the podcast of the caddies who's your guy uh, i got tills gibson on the bag uh starting in louisiana i had my, I had my boy jack on the bag in the bahamas for the win uh and we 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 got we got along pretty good he had a we did for three events uh but tillis and i go back a little bit of ways he caddied all year in 2018 we have a good uh we have a good relationship and and he's going to be on the bag going forward so tills that's clearly not uh american no he's he is full blood american he is about as american as you're gonna get or something i mean no he's uh yeah he's from gainesville He's from Gainesville, yeah, Gainesville, Florida. They, which is close enough. They, Florida. Yeah, till, yeah, <laughs> not much difference there. But he, yeah, he, he's great, man. Him, uh, Tillis, Tillis Gibson. I was gonna say, if I, if I was wrong, like at first, I'm like, well, that sounds Irish or some crazy shit like that. But yeah. then I thought, no, no, if it's American, it's gonna be like you gotta say it with a twang. I mean, it's like that's well, that's our hills. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you should when he says his own name, like when he tells you know introduces himself to people, you can hear that accent. Hey, man, Tillis. Like he gets that he gets that accent in there, and so it's pretty good. But I remember like his wife or his wife now is uh, they were dating at the time met my wife and my wife was like, Hey, Jared, I just met this girl and her boyfriend caddies. And he's like, he wants to caddy on the tour or whatever. I was like, cool. What's his name? Tillis. I'm like, what, where's he from? <laughs> or whatever. But it, it, you know, Tillis is, Tillis is my boy. We're, we're best of friends now. He's a cool dude. How long has he been on your bag? 
He was in the he was on the bag all year in 2018. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You yeah. you just said, uh, for the uh, the Bahamas, right? Yeah, and and, yeah. No, and then he was he was not on it for the Bahamas. He was with another player that I had set him up with for the 2019 oh. season, and then they just parted ways. And then so I've got Tillis back. Um, yeah, so we we did that and trying to find my boy Jack a bag on the tour, which shouldn't be too too hard of a problem. <laughs> Yeah, right. So right now, by the way, the awkward pauses between questions are because we're all in four different locations. So we never (laughs) know when the other one's going to (laughs) talk. So now you're in Mexico, I guess, which was Mm -hmm. where the WGC was played, won by our best friend, Patrick Reed, of course. Nothing bad to ever say about him. Uh, (laughs) Well, how can he see it if you say anything bad about him? He he blocks everyone on social media. What is he even on social media for? So <laughs> fair. My so my big question that I've been wondering. I know you're a big driver. That's one of your strengths. I'm assuming it's one of your strengths. You are sixth in the tour in driving distance. No, twenty sixth on driving distance. Fourth in total driving. I don't know what that means, but I don't even know what that means either. To be so, honest. So <laughs> first question: Are you pumped to be boosting your driving average? Oh, for sure. And second question is: Do you think that? playing at altitude is a benefit to the long hitters or, or it sort of evens the playing field? Uh, well, to answer the first one, I, I, I love when we play it's an elevation because that ball goes a mile <laughs> and I love it. Uh, and thankfully this golf course has a few holes we can do that on. Most of the time we go to, when we go to elevation, you know, like we've played it, we played Bogota, Colombia a few weeks ago. I played in Quito, Ecuador. That's 10,000 feet. Play these golf courses, not they're They're like 7,800 yards, but, you don't hit a lot of drivers because it's usually really dry, really firm. And, you know, you're hitting irons. So in that case, yeah, it kind of brings everybody together, but it's a premium on hitting the ball solid and the same trajectory. Every time you hit it lower, it's not going to go, it's not going to carry the full percentage. You hit it high, you know, higher than you normally do. That, that, the thing's going over the green. Hello. One way or the other either. Yeah, and it's hard to shape the ball. It's hard to spin it into the greens. The ball's coming in at a flatter angle. Um, you know, not that we're thinking about everything like that right when we're swinging, but it, it, we're thinking about a lot of that. Yeah, you're thinking about a lot. In, think about a lot in preparation. I'm sure that's exactly. that's that's interesting. I never that totally makes sense though. Like different trajectories are gonna mm-hmm. go. You know, different variations of what your stock shot might be. For sure. Absolutely. It, it's, it, it can be frustrating at times. You feel like you hit a good shot and you look up and just, you know, because of something, for some reason, maybe the, the ground you hit off of that, what, that, at that time the ball was sitting a little different and, you know, things shoots out low and you're like, I hit that solid. It's going to come up 15 yards short. <laughs> no, no, I, I lived at 8,000 feet in Colorado before playing golf. Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain to people that, and this was just in America because it's an American thing. The greens weren't any bigger up at elevation just because it's yeah. expensive to have real estate. How about uh, Colombia or, or Ecuador? Those places are the green. I know tour greens and championship greens are larger in overall square footage than our average dog mm-hmm. track down the road uh, for our muni. But are those greens at elevation any bigger? Would you notice even in the no, slightest? No, average? They're, they're, they're pretty small. I would say therein lies, yeah, exactly. You said it best. Whoever's hitting the most consistent, solid shots. Yeah. I mean, just like the same thing over and over. Typically, when we play at elevation, it's not a, it's not like twenty-five under wins. It, it, I think Columbia and Bogota ended up being a little lower, like maybe twenty, twenty-one. I can't remember what one there, but it was near twenty or twenty-one, maybe something like that. Either way, point being is, it was they they softened up the greens for for us and made it a little more receptible. But the greens were not big; they're small. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. But then Ecuador, the yeah, they're small here this week. I don't, I don't think they're too small. I think they're pretty average. But, but overall, yeah, they're not like bigger because the golf course is longer or anything like right. that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, thank you for saying that because I never had uh, anything to reference to other than me playing golf in Colorado. I'm just like, yeah. I need some place in elevation to like correspond <laughs> with me and internationally be even better, even better on a tour. Yep, that's it. No, I, I confirm what you're saying. We can, uh, we can Twitter verify that if you'd like. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, going into shooting low or not shooting low, Nolan had a very good question that we were talking about before. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was just, you know, like any good journalist, whatever, air quotes, <laughs> would do, doing a little background check. And you're – first tournament of the season and the one you just played one was in the bahamas and i can't recall where your last one was just but around tampa and sarasota area you basically placed you made the cut and you Mm -hmm. placed in the 50s i think in both tournaments Mm -hmm. but one you were in the bahamas you finished like nine over and then the um latest one you were nine under was it like Mm -hmm. super tough conditions the um the first one yeah the first one we were man we had first i mean there was there were some shots i was hitting it was like 110 115 yard shots i was trying to punch a four iron it was blowing super windy blowing 40 plus and we had we had about eight holes i guess or six holes on the i think six holes six or seven holes on the water and like you're just getting smashed with like sea spray and uh you know they have you got a hole that's just straight into the wind and it's, you know, it's supposed to be a driver wedge and we're hitting driver four iron driver, you know, hybrid in some guys are hitting fairway woods in uh, like, so if you were off just by a little bit, that 30 or 40 mile hour wind was going to take that ball and it was gone. It was going to go straight in the ocean. And, uh, and so I, I fought it pretty good the first two days and then it was, and it just slowly downhill on the weekend. Well, you didn't uh, even do that bad. It's not like you had shot like an 80 on the weekend or something. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not talking to Smiley Kaufman here, Nolan. Settle down. <laughs> when these guys – I've seen guys shoot 71, and that's a bad day. I mean, come on. But, yeah, I just found it. I was like, they're, you're like 18 strokes different on uh, mm-hmm. these two different courses, but the same – you took the same place practically. Yeah, and, it, it, and to be honest, it's, it was like a – the golf course in the Bahamas is, is decently narrow. And uh, some some pretty good penalty areas right and left of the fairways, and actually you got the ocean on a bunch of the holes, and and then conversely you go down to Tampa and Sarasota, and the fairways are anywhere from seventy to hundred yards wide, and wow. out of bounds and rough is like way out of play, um, and you know the greens are decent size, the greens are rolling well. A couple of the days we uh, there's five par fives in the part four of the five par fives are downwind for the days. Uh, one of the days they were into the wind. So that was a kind of a golf course. If you didn't shoot, you know, three to four under, you were going to start losing spots. I think I did shoot two or three under this, the third round and I dropped down uh, like four or five spots, I think. And then the last day I shot even and, and then said, see ya all the way down towards the bottom. But to, to what you're saying is it's the golf course dictated all of that. The play wasn't much different, and the field's obviously not any different, but mm-hmm. two, two completely different golf courses. Uh, quick rando thing, uh, Jared. It's taken me this whole interview uh, to, for me to remember this uh, name, and, um, uh, and you started talking about the Latin American PGA Tour. Uh, 
or or PJ Latin America, however mm-hmm. it's uh, the proper nomenclature, dude. Um, do you know a fellow named Anthony Pellucci? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you know? <laughs> what do you know about the guy? He was, uh, full disclosure, I don't think he knows who I am or remembers who I am, but I worked outside services at the Bridges of Rancho Santa Fe, and his mm-hmm. family, like, had membership there. But other than, like, Phil Mickelson dropping by once a month just to hit range balls or dick off at the spa or whatever, mm-hmm. like, Pellucci was out there whenever he wasn't grinding on the Latin American tour. And we remember watching him on the range, and we were all just kind of going, like, we can't tell what's wrong with him. Like, he's just working on the same thing. He's grinding, yeah. like, inches with his irons and stuff. But I remember he and I had a pretty good rapport. But what can you tell me about him? Because, honestly, we thought he was, like, a weirdo who just, like, he, like, he just, like, was real quiet. Like, we're just like, who's this weird, like, Italian-looking quiet guy <laughs> when he's, like, South American or something? I mean. Yeah. No, Anthony's Anthony's a cool guy. I played played a few rounds with him. Uh, he's quiet though. If I feel like uh, you know, the more I've gotten to know him a little bit, the more open he is. But he's he's very meticulous and and he likes. I think he likes routine. I don't want to speak for him. I think he likes routine. Uh, I think the first time I met him, he was kind of caught up a little bit. I think maybe with TPI and stuff, and and maybe with um, not golf machine, but like the the thing where you're looking at all your angles with the golf club and all that just overhearing some conversations and things and um so i think at the time when i met him he may may have been going through that and that may have been close to the same time you saw him Uh, i knew late 2016 early 2017 that would be right yeah that'd be right around i think the first time i met him and then as i've gotten to see more like in 18 and 19 i think he's he's uh he's gotten away from that a little bit but um he's he's all i know is He's a good player, and every time I play with him, he hits the ball good, and I'm like, how are you not winning? Like, you, I, the, you, you play – you hit it so good. Like, how are you not winning right now? <laughs> I played golf with him, uh, like, nine holes. That's it. And this guy just straight up, like, yeah, he had a lot of tap-in pars and a few birdies, but, I mean, I never met, like, a more, like, mopey guy just in that he would hit, like, these beautiful, like, 225 yards, slightly two-yard drawn, tall three irons. But then every time he'd hit the shot, he'd pull like a Hideki and just like fall apart, like physically, like body language wise. And I'm just like, Anthony, what the hell was wrong with that? That was majestic. And like, and I yeah. see you hit hundreds of those on the range. And that's tour dude, level. I get it, yeah. like, this process. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I the, you know, I'll tell you what, golfers are weird. And all of us, all of us are weird. We all see each other's swings and we all think, man, I wish I did that. Or, you know, man, you know, that's awesome. Or, you know, I, I, I can't get my elbow to do what his does or, you know, I can't hit the ball as good as he does, you know, things like that. And we're just a weird, I don't know, maybe other sports, other guys do it too. But I think golfers are some of the most comparative as they shouldn't be because of body types and everything else and fitness levels and different things like that. So equipment, yeah. Not, yeah. Like I said, I'm not speaking for him and I'm not, 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 that's not directly to him. I'm just saying that's all of us golfers in general. We all do it. So we're, we're a weird breed of, of athletes. <laughs> I still like to treat us – you said the right word there, though. We're still athletes. I mean, we're yes. still trying to do something athletic, and the more coordinated yeah. and athletic you are, the better your odds are at, at, at achievement and execution. So, Appreciate well, thank it. you. I'm glad, I'm glad you knew uh, Anthony. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Good really, that's probably yeah. the only other time that name would ever come up in my life unless I were to bump into him again. But yeah. shout out Pellucci. That's it. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah, if someone ever, someone ever doesn't think golfers are athletes and – I just show him a couple of videos of some quote unquote athletes trying to play golf in it. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, well, why don't we first in the first place say NASCAR drivers aren't athletes, okay? I mean, first and foremost, <laughs> I'm not saying it, I'm not saying you don't have to have talent, 
or you have to be like gifted, uh, especially physically to drive NASCAR properly. And I know I'm just going to be a lot of blasphemy here, but honestly, I've seen, uh, I forget which driver it was. I'm not going to even try the name, but he was at like halftime at some college basketball game and he had to like dribble a ball, like up and do a layup. And he just looked like he should have just took the ball and shoved it right up his ass. He would look more coordinated. You're like, losing out there. like half our audience here. <laughs> Oh, bring him right. back! Bring him back! Yeah, we forget, as the we Canadian on the, here on the uh, the Canadian golf podcast, it's number two in Canada, number one in Turkey, is number one in NASCAR. All big NASCAR is big in Turkey. Oh, we just no. got <laughs> Doubtful. We are the number one golf podcast in Turkey, Jared. Just so you know, humble. Oh, that is fantastic! Shout out to the well to, to the folks in Turkey. Really? Yeah, I mean, we just, we eh. just had Victor, Victor Hovland uh, evidently is the first Norwegian <laughs> tour winner ever. So I'm trying to figure out, is there any Turkish players, period? I mean, uh, do, do you know of any? Know. I mean, we see, we see the flags and the graphics. They haven't really popped up on the PGA Tour yet. But, I yeah. mean, do you – or even that part of the world, are there any Eastern European uh, golfers? Or, God forbid, is there any golf in Russia? What, what's wrong with Russia? No, Good it's soft snow over there. They, they, they cheat at everything sports-wise. They participate in everything sports-wise. They have zillions of people. Why are there no golfers in Russia? Uh, they're too busy boxing and, like, you know, <laughs> and, and, and trying to beat up Rocky. Yeah. Sleep with bears and eat snow. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Sounds like you got some homework, Jerry. <laughs> uh, there's some, you're talking about Eastern European. Uh, is that, does that include, like – Well, I guess, I guess Eastern European wouldn't be, like, Germany – France, um, like Scandinavia, yeah. things like that. So I guess, for lack of a better term, like your Romanias, your uh, uh, mm. Slovakias, I mean, Hungary, Greece. Are there any Greek golfers that you know of? Uh, not that I know of. I'm sure there are, though. Man, the Mediterranean I mean, I Europe- balls at golf. I, I mean, I, I think they all just stick to the European <laughs> tour. That's such a long flight for them to get to the U.S., probably. Well, and the European tour is doing, making a lot of good hay and headway in terms of, like, their advertisement. And For sure. obviously, if you're not on the PGA Tour, you're not going to make the big bucks. But the other tours are doing a good job And that, like, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the Corn Ferry Tour is stepping mm-hmm. up their purses. I mean, but I look at it like, well, if these guys are going to be as good as the big boys mm-hmm. and you're going to get the attention that you should get and, God forbid, maybe more TV exposure because we're bitching about the PGA Tour TV exposure so much, you can find Corn Ferry uh, Golf on TV a lot or streaming mm-hmm. somewhere. So, I mean – it's, I mean, I, I don't know. That's why I almost look at these tours as not borderline interchangeable. It's just whoever's on the PGA tour right now are the ones who are just not the luckiest, but they've just been there the longest. I mean, cause, cause like right. you said, so much young talent, it's all just going to get like cycled so out. Maybe. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It, it's weird to see how it's weird to see how, you know, the young guys get into the PGA tour and then you start seeing some of the guys, you know, later in their career uh, after a couple of bad years, might they'll drop down and play in some of the corn fairy events. Uh, you know, and then and then maybe they'll pop their way back up to the to the big tour, but you know, then you'll see them on the Champions Tour, and then they win right away. Or, or you got Steve Stricker, who won back to back comeback player of the years, which I don't even know if that's possible doing any sport. How do you do back to back comeback player of the year? I was kind of confused on that too, but I mean, more the power to him because I mean, he's he's oh, the man. Yeah. He is the man. Captain Stricker, hell yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so sure. real quick, uh, we uh, we know that you're a part of this. Um, these organizations, I don't want to use the wrong nomenclature again, called Birdie Backer and Birdies for Hope. And we wanted to give you a little uh, platform to talk about that real quick uh, so you can think about how you want to present it and you have all the time in the world while I get a little housekeeping out of the way right now because it is halftime at the turn here. And we are happy to be a part of Sports Travel Radio Podcast Network where, like I said, folks, they have so many different types of podcasts out there. Half of them don't appeal to me. That's how like diverse, eclectic, and varietal they are. Please go check them out. We're happy to be one of their big pods over there and doing great. And uh, 
and we love you guys uh, north of the border. Also, we're unofficially and soon to be officially brought to you by Gorse Golf Head Covers. We already have people buying the head covers from our podcast. I just met with Crazy yesterday. We're going to be getting a soon-to-be 10% discount promo code for you listeners that is going to benefit the listeners, and it's going to benefit us a little bit to help keep the lights on over here. And he, as I told him, I want him and his wife to give me a little proper blurb to represent what their company does. And he showed me some new stuff they're doing. I get Seamus Golf, and, or Seamus Golf, excuse me, sorry, Akbar. I know you don't listen, but whatever. You guys should be ashamed making $100 head covers because he is making, he just showed me some designs of like fur interiors. That like of like you have like stars and stripes Ooh. on the outside and on the inside you have like like I don't know, God it looked like fur and it just That's had high fashion. it was beautiful all the stuff and his head covers yeah. are fifty dollars tops I mean he makes good head covers anyways he's gonna get us a proper plug and we're gonna use it on the show and it will include a promo code which will get you folks ten percent off you'll enjoy that and lastly if you have any questions to send to the podcast please the pod squad will answer them at ftbtpodquestions at gmail Again, it hasn't changed. That's ftbtpodquestions at gmail.com. And be sure to say hi to the NSA, even if you're from Canada. And that being said, we're brought to you by Jared Wolf. And Jared, please share with us the Birdie Backer and Birdies for Hope. Awesome. All right. So you've got, uh, so I've got Birdie Backer, a website that a friend of mine, Jerry Ruiz, started, who uh, is a platform for professional golfers to raise money for uh, either themselves or for charities. And so my wife and I are on there. We originally signed up uh, the account to pay for them, uh, for my wife and daughter to travel all year with me. And uh, that's been going on really well. You can check out the link in my uh, Instagram and Twitter. For and that. we'll put the and link then, on the podcast as well. So you guys can find it there. Oh yeah. As well. Awesome. And uh, as well as uh, birdies for hope is a friend of mine, Jimmy Stanger, who is uh, who's out here on the Corn Ferry Tour as well, who is partnering with uh, Birdies for Hope, and they are building a church in Bogota, not in Bogota, sorry, in Colombia. And so we're raising some money for that. And uh, yeah, doing some birdie, uh, doing money per, money per birdies. And um, so I'm linking, kind of linking the two accounts together, whereas thanks to some recent play in the Bahamas, um, the, the money that we're getting from Birdie Backer, uh, we're going to, start partnering a little bit more with uh, some different charities and things like that. And right now the charity of choice is, um, is the one that my, my buddy's involved with stories um, for hope. And you can check out that as well. Link on the podcast. That's very cool. No, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Jerry. We appreciate that. And despite the fact that we come across as an explicit tone on the show, we do honor and appreciate every charity. And you're talking to a guy who has spent uh, three different summers going down to Tijuana building houses for missions and whatnot. So despite my exterior, I totally dig and understand and appreciate and promote all the work that anyone can do, no matter what outlet it's through. So, awesome. and I don't, appreciate I don't feel like I'm a very charitable guy, honestly. I just look at it like, well, if you have free time, we can all just do a little something. So we can all, we can all do something. And so we, so anyway, you can get on that platform if you'd like, there's other players right now doing, uh, doing a you know amount of money per birdies and people are matching it and, trying to get this thing built and uh, we'll see where it goes and shout out to Tijuana. We had a, uh, had a Latin tour event down there. Probably one of my favorite cities in the Latin culture. Amazing. They have, Some of the best they street tacos. Course. They have golf courses at uh, Tijuana that you're allowed oh, to yeah. go. And they're great. Tijuana <laughs> well, awesome. I assume that you're allowed to go on as in like the only places in Tijuana that I witnessed that were, weren't catered to 19 year old Americans going across the border for taco Tuesdays, which I was a big part of because I lived in San Diego for many years. But, uh, 
it seemed to me that like uh, the years that I was there, the times that I spent there was obviously very cartel driven. So yeah. it was like, unless you were a friend of uh, 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 cartel du jour, I know that's French, um, <laughs> you weren't playing golf. So, I mean, needless to say, like, so right. tell me about golf in Tijuana. This is, this, I feel uh, like this is breaking news. Uh, we had a, we had an event there last year. And, uh, and, and so half the guys probably flew into the, into Tijuana, the other half flew into San Diego and walked across the border, which was awesome. That was it's uh, that easy. People don't realize, even Americans don't realize it's that it easy. So getting, easy. Into, getting into Mexico is easy as crossing the street. It literally, it literally was. I mean, getting back into the states, you know, was was definitely a process. As it, it takes some know. time. Yeah, yeah, you have to wait in line. Bad, it's it's but... like it's like getting into Disneyland, which is yeah, exactly. more maybe a metaphor or analogy we shouldn't share, but. <laughs> that could be the quote of the podcast: getting in, like getting into Disneyland. God, no, that's that's terrible. We're we were a Canadian show still, and even though I'm I'm harshly American, I don't want to. Uh, that can lead to other motifs that we do not affiliate with. So yes, yes. So, but and I had some street tacos. They were like sixty cents each. Those were oh my gosh, man! The food in Tijuana, the people had the original. Get this, for all you people listening, a trivia stumper for the, for your friends. All right, a little party night trivia stumper. Uh, the original Caesar salad was invented in Tijuana <laughs> by a chef who was in San Diego that left during the prohibition and went down to Mexico to Tijuana and opened up a restaurant there. And it used to be called a different name than Caesar salad, but it, it was a Cesar salad. It Cesar, exactly. That's probably how it was pronounced to begin with. And we, we made it Italian and French or something in the U S and turned it into oh, Caesar's. Oh, I'm sorry, Cesar. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to the original, uh, I'm actually rooming with a guy right now. We, we went over there to uh, check out the original Caesar salad and they make the dressing in front of you and they serve it over some wedges of lettuce. And it was wow, absolutely incredible. You're blowing wow. my mind. But if you yeah, ask, them, if you, yeah, if you ask well. anybody, if you ask anybody, where like does the Caesar most... salad come from? They're like, oh, you know, Rome or yeah. something like that. Like, no, <laughs> Tijuana, bro. <laughs> There's no way anybody's going to guess that. No, that's great. I mean, in terms of, uh, I, for lack of a better term, like G-rated trivia, I mean, that's like, like Nolan said, like, it's still crashing over me in waves going like, oh, my God, yeah, the, the Cesar salad we bastardized from Tijuana. Oh, my God. Poor Tijuana. Which, hey, he, here's something to blow your guys' minds. I don't think I've ever shared on the pod before in terms of, like, things that just Jerry thinks about or whatever. I maintain that in America, and, uh, uh, Zach, you might hear a little bit of this. I know you go to Florida. And, uh, Nolan, uh, you can appreciate this being a West Coaster. But um, San Diego is often considered, like, the paradise of the West Coast, like the nicest place. I mean, it has well, less okay. people than L.A. The weather's a little better than L.A., blah, blah, blah. And then you have Tijuana just 20 minutes south. It's considered – not the armpit of Mexico, there's worse, but it's considered like the joke, like of a lot of places. I mean, it's the punchline uh, and the butt of a lot of jokes at Tijuana, blah, 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 this, whatever. So I always thought, what if the American border was 20 miles south of where it was and Tijuana was an American city? It wouldn't be a slum. It would be paradise and San Diego would just be like Orange County or San Clemente or, or, mm -hmm. or, or Oceanside for that regard. I mean, not that that means anything. I just that's a little nugget for all you in your car. Or I'm in your ear, and now I'm in your brain, and you can't get me out. Just think about that, even though it means nothing. Yeah, most of the, the guy, one of the guys that played the pro am was talked about how many, how many people buy, uh, you know, real estate on the beach all the way up and down Tijuana. They're all oh, yeah. because they can, you know, they can get it for pennies on the dollar versus what they get in San Diego. 
it's because they have these like hundred year government leases and I don't know if they all roll over at the same time mm -hmm. in a calendar sense, but I know that I learned this in my Spanish class in high school. And then when I was married right away, I was living in San Diego and my uh, wife, ex-wife, which by the way, would have been our 15 year anniversary the other day. Shout out ex-wife. Oh, Shout out ex-wife. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but ne well, needless <laughs> to say, uh, I'm not saying her name. I mean, where she, I know where she lives. She probably doesn't have the wires to get a podcast, but needless to say, um, she, spoke fluent, she spoke fluent Spanish. I spoke really good Spanish. We were looking at purchasing property down in Rosarito. And the whole thing is like these real estate contracts operate on a hundred year license from the government. And then they just release themselves after a hundred years. So you could buy something 95 years into lease. You take over the last five years. Yeah. Like you said, they're selling it for wow. pennies on the dollar. And then the government at a certain time will come in and say like, this is ours now. And we're putting it back up for sale at a certain, at like the, the faith, the whatever market value is now. That was mm. how real estate, this was like 20 years ago though. But I mean, yeah. still needless to say, that's how I was sincerely, I was stationed in the United States Coast Guard and I was about to buy property in Mexico and commute into America. That's how good a deal it was. Oh, and that's sure. how awesome Mexico is. I mean, there would be, I mean, riddle, riddle me this, Jerry, there, even if, the border did dip below and grab Tijuana. There would be another Tijuana right under Tijuana. Yes, for sure. Rosarito would become Tijuana. And <laughs> Rosarito sure. is barely hanging on as what it is right now. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, sorry, Zach Nolan, what else you got for Jared? Uh, we could move on. We got a couple of fan questions for you. That's right, All yeah. Right. Hopefully you didn't read it before because you were tagged in it. I was thinking of not tagging you, you know, just so you can't like cheat and get a little head start. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a good, but I'll be honest, I forgot. So. Real quick, Zach, uh, shout out to our Twitter followers. The account has hit over 13,000 followers I saw. Now, like, we only have like 600 listeners a week and growing from this, but still the Twitter accounts just go, were we just celebrating 10,000 followers like a couple months ago or something? That's right. Bananas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big growth. Well, let's get to them. Because of people like Jared coming on, sharing his great stories. <laughs> Love so, it. We got two good ones for you. And so what, is, what do you think about right before you start your backswing? Oh, uh, say, no say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Uh, you, okay, yeah. The, the good answer what I, when I'm playing well and when I, what, I, what I usually think about is that my mind just started thinking about all the funny things I'll think about sometimes. But uh, I typically – Typically, it's it's what the shot looks like in the air before I hit it. Like Jason Day, you visualize. Whoa, well, hold on, Nolan. Jason yeah. Day's got vertigo, so I don't think that that's very apt. Yeah. We've been down <laughs> this road. <laughs> yeah. Argument, yeah, we've been down this road before. <laughs> that's your argument. <laughs> that was good. That was a good response. Yeah, it, was, um, it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> but that's, but yeah, I, I, I typically will, when I look up at the flag and then I look back down, I'm picturing what the, what the ball flight is going to be and, uh, and what it feels like to swing it. And then I just do it. Um, if I can refine the question maybe a little bit, cause I've heard a couple golfers like Eddie Pepperell or Tony Finau talk about this, where if they're, if they know they can't do something with the driver, they'll just think about making one motion or one turn or one thing. And Bobby Jones is a really great, it's not a quote, it's kind of a small paragraph, but he said, if I'm thinking about three things, I'm not breaking 80. If I'm thinking about two things, maybe I'll break par, or maybe I'll shoot a little bit par. And if I'm thinking about one thing, I'm playing good. And I just sure. told that whole quote backwards. But I mean, that always made sense to me, where I'm just kind of like, I try to think about what, 
I, I would answer your question the same. Like I'm getting a lot better at golf. I've been playing 30 years, but the past two years have been getting better. And I try to think, what do I think about before I take the club away? And honestly, it's getting less and less. It's getting to the point where That's I'm just kind of like, where it should be right. Like, well, I mean, so long as I just keep, I think keep it slow and make sure my hips start the swing. Mostly what I'm thinking about is, Hey, hit this one. Like you want to motherfucker. Like just like, hit this one good, baby. Or just like, Hey, what's yeah. this one going to do? That's all I'm thinking before I hit it. Be like, Hey, hopefully somebody's watching this will impress them. I mean, just as a goofy thing, because <laughs> I'm not, I strained for years trying to make a symmetrical golf swing and like shave a handicap down and I couldn't do it. And the second I let go and had more fun and then like learned to embrace the swing I got and, and like things just started like taking off by leaps and bounds. But usually all I'm trying to think about is just like turning the hips. Like if I can turn with the hips, everything on the downswing just does its own thing. So, I mean, but, but yeah, right. I'm with you in that. Like, don't think about anything. Yeah. Yeah. The less you can think about the better. And, and typically like you said too, like sometimes I'll think, um, you know, like in the Bahamas, I had a feel of like a of kind of like a short back, short backswing. Like I just was like short backswing and just rip it. And like that was it. That was, that was all I was – once I got my target, that's what I was thinking about. Um, but, you know, right before I pulled the, pulled the club away, I, I was still thinking about the, you know, what the ball flight would look like. But that was the main thought. And like you said, sometimes I'm like, all right, I need to keep my takeaway here. I need – you know, I want to feel a little more laid off at the top, and then I can go. Right, if I'm doing that, I'm probably just going to shoot very, very mediocre. I'm going to hit a lot of really weird, funky shots. Yeah. Then I got to ask, because you did bring it up, what's your bad thoughts that you have? And, uh, bad thoughts? I mean, those are – I've had, you know, before, like, taking it back, like, where the heck's this going to go? <laughs> or, or, you know, stuff like See, that. But but I be... the same thing, but in a different tone. You yeah, just have to yeah. change your tone and be like, all right, where's this one going? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a fine line. But I've, I've literally thought about, like, I wonder what player dining has today. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, or I've thought about, like, oh, I wonder man. why people don't know Caesar salad wasn't invented in Tijuana. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, literally, I'm not joking. Like, I, like, I'll sit over a putt sometimes, and I'll just – I'll have this random thought of – did I eat Wendy's twice yesterday? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, let's go over by the hotel for dinner tonight. We could probably go over there. And then, like, just stuff like that, man. I, I it just that's like how I play golf. Things. Yeah. Me too. Oh yeah, right. on the back nine, I'm already thinking about like what am I going to do after my drive home? Like, what am I going to watch on TV? What am I going to have for dinner? Be like, oh, I'm looking forward to all those things. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why I tell my golfers I caddy for. 18 holes is the perfect amount of golf for me. Nine is too few and 36 is way too much, but 18 is perfect. Like four hours, five hours. That's yeah. just part of my day. And I can still do other stuff. If exactly. you know, like we could be like Mr. Wolf and do that for a living. So <laughs> uh, real quick, Zach, who asked that question? Uh, that was common man golf. Oh yeah. That was one. That was our boy. Um, yeah, exactly. What's his, is it, we're not allowed to say his Tony? Name, that's right. No, no. Oh, we, yeah. Yeah. Tony, that's right. Then uh, our next question is, this one's a bit of a deep one going after basically everyone who listens. What's the biggest flaw amateur, go amateur golfers have? <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, let's see. Oh man. I feel like you got to kind of segment this into Short game, right? I really, mean, really, really amateur golfers, like beginner amateur or like, you know, advanced amateur, but like, advanced amateur, advanced amateur. <laughs> The only thing I see them really doing is like they just don't know how to play golf courses. <laughs> yeah. Like they, well, that's, that's they, a hell they of a thing. Yeah, I've been telling you guys. I mean, like, I, can, I, I watch them like you know, I'll play with my buddies, and or, or I'll play more more so programs probably than buddies. But 
because I'll tell my buddies like at home, I'll be like, no, dude, that's why are you, why? No, don't do that. Do this. You know, I'll say stuff like that, but um, you know, you, like, you, you caddying yourself, Jerry, you probably understand this too. Like you see these guys talking about like, Oh, it's too tender to the green. I got to cover a bunker. I have no problem. Go ahead. You know, I'll give me the three, but I'll go for it or whatever. And I'm like, I would pray Why? for people who acted that way, though. No, no, I just no? got done writing an article and getting lambasted on Twitter for telling people that, again, I do this like every six months. I'm like, hey, hi, handicappers. Stop thinking so much. Stop wringing your hands. Just let go a little bit. And all it takes mm -hmm. is one good shot leads to one more good shot. Then next thing you know, you're playing better golf or just exactly. confidence builds. You just build confidence from one thing at a time. And you mm -hmm. know what? You can screw up real bad and it can start over. But guess what? At any given hole, at any given shot, you can start your confidence again. High handicappers, which is a different number for everybody, yeah. think too much. Not me. I always go for it 100% of the time. Love well, it. but Zach, you also don't get offended when I say that. The few people who come back at me at Twitter, I like to go like, oh, is somebody who's 24 feeling a little sore? I mean, just like. I mean, <laughs> no. Jared, if we're out there yeah. and you tell me 220 to the bunker layup, no way I'm laying up. I'm no. just telling you that now. <laughs> he's going driver off the deck and he's going to sizzle it two inches right above the Let's rim. See. But see, like, too, on the other hand, like, it'll be, it'll be a wide open something, and they'll talk about, like, I'm talking, these are, these are more, you know, the advanced amateur, you know, they'll, they'll talk about, okay, well, I think I need to miss it here. Like, this is where I need to hit. I'm like, okay, okay, no, you don't. Like, you, you, that's too conservative. Now you need to get, like, so there's the fine line there. And I mean, but if you go yeah. back to, like, what you were talking about with uh, more of the mid handicapped, uh, I'm sorry, the, the uh, yeah, the mid handicapped to high handicapped players is they, freak out after every bad shot pretty much that's like oh my gosh what did i do you know i should have done this you know golf digest told me i should have done this i was just listening on xm radio and he said to do this and all this i'm like you're not a professional golfer like you 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 get some tips from either your local pga pro or a swing coach or something that will help you enjoy golf more and when you enjoy golf more your scores are going to be lower and then you can find a whole new set of problems to worry about as far as how to manage a golf course and everything like that. But you don't or think putting. about your swing or putting. Yes. But, well, must be, uh, but as far as the technical things, I think that's more what the question was about. I'd say chipping people, uh, most, most amateurs short game. chipping short game is, is yeah. they, they, you know, I'll, I'll tell you most of the guys at TPC Sawgrass that, that come up to me and, uh, and say some things to me like, man, you know, I just, I just really struggle with chipping. Like, you know, I either blade it over the green or I, or I hit it a foot, you know, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So a tip, I don't know because it's all situational, but the, the tip would be to go seek some help with it. Because if you get a little bit better with your chipping and putting, you will have exponentially more fun playing golf. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. It's creativity, vision, a lot of these things. I mean, Absolutely. I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mental uh, ninja or anything like that, but I'm telling people that it, it's like Back people who <laughs> Yes, he is. Oh, no, he's a double black belt, and he doesn't know there's a triple yet, but he's about to get it. But in a world where, <laughs> as I just heard, um, um, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Tyson Fury just talk about how he was getting over his depression growing up and how he was explaining to people that it's like there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's like depression sucks, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't suck too bad for most people, but you get over it and everyone's fine with it. I almost look at that in the same realm as golf, where I played golf for 28 GD years, of grinding, sweating, hoping I could just make myself to be a 12 handicap. And I finally did. I finally did. And then in the end, I, I when I looked at it, and once a couple of these small things started clicking where it's like, oh, it's mm -hmm. just one shot. Oh, it's just one mindset. Oh, it's just all these things. 
Golf has gotten fun. Golf is, I'm sorry, guys, golf has gotten a lot easier. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm like shooting under par. I've never shot under par before. I'm not a professional like Mr. Wolf. But needless to say, I, I, the second I started doing all these things, I went from a 12 to a 6 handicap. And it was just one of those things where if I hit a bad shot, honestly, I think to myself, oh, that was my one bad shot today. I'm probably going to hit five more. But as soon yeah. as I hit a bad shot, I just go, ha, whoops. Like, it just, whoop, whoop, wasn't that yeah. funny? I mean, that, and, then, and then you just, that's why Jared, I'm, a big, I'm a big advocate, Jared, um, uh, on the website of uh, I hate the golf, the range. I, 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 I hate the driving range. It's totally pointless. Uh, you can stretch out with some clubs, you know, swing a bit with three wedges in the first seat like I do. But other than that, the range is the only place where I can top five shots in a minute. I would never do that on a real golf course anywhere. I'll mm-hmm. top one shot, then I'll stop and think about it and recollect and hit a good shot after a minute. Exactly. But like, I, like the range just infuriates me. That's just how my good thing. or bad of a take is that, Jared? No, I, I I agree that there's a lot. I mean, obviously, I roll out of the car and play, guy. I know nobody on tour yeah. does that. Everyone else no, also goes to the gym, oh. Zach, and has dietitians for Christ's sakes. I mean, Meanwhile, I, I wish there was an Applebee's down the street. We would, yeah, we we would we would we would you know, break a hip or something. If we just rolled out of the car and started swinging driver at 120. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, but, these guys are way better than us, man. Like, I feel like I hit 115 in the club and I'm like, whoa, that's all I need. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I will speak to the, I, there's one guy at TBC Sawgrass that, um, Oh, which by the know, way, real I live, quick. yeah, I live in Jacksonville now, by the way, I don't live in Louisville anymore. Sorry. I don't live in Louisville anymore. We moved, uh, after my rookie year in 2014, my wife and I down to Ponte Vedra down in Jacksonville, Florida. So we live close to TPC Sawgrass. Is that your home club? That's my home club. Hey, you stole my heart. Oh, yes. we did not bury a lead there, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's so yeah. cool. And so, the, so I've become a lot, I've become, you know, decent buddies with, you know, a lot of the starters, course advisors, and, and staff and all that kind of stuff. And, and one guy has figured it out. And he's like, I don't warm up. He's like, I use, he's like, I, I, he's like, I, I know I'm going to hit it fine. He's like, I just, if I go to the range, I'm going to hit it terrible. Like, so I just stretch a little bit, go to the first tee, and, you know, it takes me three holes to where I'm fully swinging. He's like, but I'll par the first few holes and then, you know, go on from there. I was like, and you're probably having a lot more fun. He goes, absolutely. I don't have to show up an hour early. It's like, I'm just getting there and I'm going. Now, I wouldn't say that's it for everybody. I'm saying that's it for, for certain people. But um, for the people that do go to the range, the range is just to get loose. It's not going to tell you how you're going to play. I yeah, promise okay. you, <laughs> at all. Like I, I have, I have, uh, let's see, I was on the range in Jamaica when I won the first Latin event and was hitting it all over the place. I had no clue where I was hitting it. And I was just like, well, let's see what happens. And next thing you know, we shoot uh, eight under, eight under in the first two rounds. And you're like, did not see that coming. You know what I mean? So, you know, and the other, other part's been true too, where I've been striping it on the range and I get out there and I shoot. You know, 74, 75, something like yeah. that. So. That's rad. That's rad. Uh, Zach, what else you got? Uh, my final question, because I was narrowing down to good ones. This one's by me. Have you ever, in a professional term, maybe on the Corn Ferry Tour, just full-on topped the golf ball a la Harold Varner? <laughs> HV3. When did, he to- when did he top one? That was uh, You wouldn't know because they didn't show it on TV ago. until 75 oh. minutes later and the internet like lit NBC or CBS on fire. Who was it? Harold Varner. Who we love, by the way. I love oh, Harold. He's really rooting for him. the man. He is so funny. And I love how he, he went about it. He was, like, tweeting about it right after it happened. Like, why isn't it out there? People yeah. want to see it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Everybody wants to see it. Because they keep showing the one, the one player that chunked his three-wood. 
uh, you know, whatever tournament a couple of years ago. They keep showing that on a loop, but they don't show anyway. Sander Shoffley, driver, uh, Kapalua. No, this was a this was a uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Rom shanked one at the Masters. Yeah. See, I love when they show videos of that. Like when they do Shank Week on. <laughs> on stuff like that, it's, it's so funny. It makes you guys seem much more human. Oh man, we hit some bad shots. We, we don't see them on TV, but we hit some bad shots. Uh, but have I topped one? No, but I'll in the corn. Uh, I'm sorry, in the Kentucky Open when I was shoot, this was probably 2011 or 12. I uh, went to go tap in a six-inch putt and I missed the ball. That's that's my that's my like whiff? one like that's my whiff. Like full whiff and I and I had to oh. tell the guy I had to tell the guys in the group I was like um, I whiffed they're like oh we just thought you were like swatting a bug I was like no bro Wait, so like like, I like, you, missed the like, ball. like you like you like you pulled up and like went over the top of it yeah I was gonna say because the putter's too big for you like miss like toe or heel just like ah oh, whoops I mean no yeah I lifted right up above I was one handed and I was big old outside oh, the inside swing on the- oh, no. <laughs> yeah 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 I was yeah oh, thankfully bummer. that was only a couple hundred dollar mistake and not something that could cost you a career oh, on yeah. a different tour but no no I haven't topped any uh, trying to get the most I mean I've I've laid the sod over a couple before uh, you know that, that's happened I, oh, oh yeah we, oh, we can no, call that a hovland right now oh, okay that's true yeah i pulled a, i pulled a hovland uh and i could say this because i won and he won but it was in the bahamas i hit a seven iron on the second round uh, and it wasn't windy i had 180 something yards and i hit it 115 just cold laid the laid the sod over it <laughs> did you know it at the time like i mean oh like, yeah as soon as well, it hit what, i was what, like oh my god did you feel it did you feel it an impact oh yeah, oh, yeah. okay good because i mean yeah, for sure i i happen to see i know there were different handicaps today and i'm not going to say the names because it's a twitter follower of mine who doesn't listen to the show but i'm catting for a guy right now who one of his friends every time like i tell him like to hit it 140 he would just like pure at 120 like pure at 120 it's just kind of like well how do i explain to him that like he's either misclubbing himself or he's mishitting it in a very bizarre fashion because he's peering the ball well short it's just yeah. i don't know let's club up your let's club up your guy <laughs> no no That's i was funny. i was group, i was group yeah. caddying which means i was running i was like it's like a four caddy except you don't run out there ahead to spot the ball so i'm like running around reading four people's putts and okay. shooting yards yeah. for four different people so Worn out. I don't know, the, the, the money's pretty good and other than running around a lot i don't have to carry spot so no I, no that's not too bad that's yeah too bad. but too yeah bad. so that, that that's the that's the most embarrassing one I, uh, I, I think I topped a couple of my. Oh, you remember the Cleveland High Bore? Remember that driver? Oh, that driver won me a lot of long drive championships yeah. in the East Coast and some Coast Guard tournaments. Hell yeah. I was okay. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. That driver was amazing. I loved it. Well, you know, shout out. I'm with Strixon. Uh, but back in the day, they had that Cleveland High Bore. Now, I used to smack the crap out of it, like you're talking about, but I, I got so arrogant with it or so confident with it, I guess. I kept leaning back more. And more and more trying to hit this thing high until I would finally top it in a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I totally see you're like you're like elevation, 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 and then elevation it's like the opposite and of elevation. It's just, okay. <laughs> the Roger Fender forehand right there. Exactly. Oh exactly. yeah. Oh my god. I don't even think it would have made it over the net. <laughs> oh, that's oh, beautiful. Man. That's uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. And yes, that, that high board. That, I'm going to go to a plate against sports if one existed in Oregon, uh, but I'll just go onto the internet and I got to find me a high board because I had a high sure. board. I had a high board XL. Like I was like, in, I went to Dick's Sporting Goods and would just buy those things off the rack. No fitting necessary. Just like, give me that club. 
But granted, like I said, I was a 20 handicap. So, Zach, would you like to wrap the show up with our Canadian question and fill our guest in on how it works? Or do you have yeah, anything else so, to uh, So every week, Jared, to honor the Canadian origin of the site, we run a Canadian – it used to be Canadian fun fact. We turned it into Canadian trivia. Love we it. have these two dummies answer questions and then whatever <laughs> guests that we have. So – you are the second professional golfer to be on, along with Sebastian Kaplan, who... Oh, yeah, say, I know Jacksonville native, or not native. Oh, yeah. Oh, him. you know, so if you know about him real quick, uh, sorry, Zach, I was going to say, Jared, you want to talk about funny accents? That guy's Scandinavian and, like, went to school in the South. Yeah, he, he, he's Arkansas like a light switch. Well, what, uh, okay. Yeah, he went to Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's a Razorback, but it's like he'll sound French for one second, and then all of a sudden he'll be like, y'all, bang. It's just like, what? Yeah. what? <laughs> That's, I've got one I've got one Sebastian Kaplan story. Sorry, I have to tell you. Oh, we got to hear it. Oh, I love it. So this was the play uh, a couple weeks before the players, uh, I'd say probably three years ago, maybe two years ago, and we were on the back range at TPC, and they have a little section on uh, back there that uh, that we hit from kind of goes over some water back to the range. And it's kind of blocked out by the wind. It's, it's an area we go in like February and March. And, uh, and they start to build a hospitality tent up on the right uh, for people uh, that go left of 18 green. So, or nine green, my apologies. And so <laughs> we just hear this click smash. And we're like, Look over, Sebastian's looking around, and he had cold shanked one on the range through the hospitality windows oh. into the thing. <laughs> this was, I mean, they, it had only been up for like maybe two days. I mean, the tournament was still like a month away, but it was so funny. We're looking over, he goes, what did you just do? He goes, I just shanked it into the window and broke it. It's their fault. Oh, see, oh, master, oh ass is ass when we get a hold of you, buddy. <laughs> oh man, oh. thankfully he's he's buddies with everybody up there. I think he got away with it just fine. Well, I was but... gonna say he must break a lot of windows because uh, when we asked him for funny stories, he didn't mention it about uh, anything about that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's trying to forget it, but uh, uh, that's one of the few I remember about him. He, he's <laughs> I won't let him lose that one down. Oh, that's oh. beautiful. But anyway, sorry, 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 continue with the now, trivia. Well, we'll for sure have to bring that up. So Seabass got his right, so now you basically have to get it right, or we'll have to have you uh, back on to decline. Jerry has gone a remarkable six and one after being wrong the first, like, hundred times. <laughs> what do you uh, mean being wrong? When you're, when you're presenting, it was just you versus me, and versus is a loose term considering you, yeah. it was Canadian. Fun fact, you'd be like, so, like, how many pounds of macaroni and cheese does Canada mm, eat a year? And I'm just like, more than America. I don't, I doubt it. And you said, yeah, more than America, and th- 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 something like that. All yeah, right, we made the we made the questions easier. That's <laughs> my own horn, but I think I was better at that form of trivia. I was usually closer than Jerry on those ones. But yeah, for some, right. I I've, I'm I'm pissed that I'm not seven and zero because I ran the table so good that, that that's why I was, pre-show I was griping about that anomaly, and I have the numbers written down here. Yeah, and then we've had caddies Reed Martin and Nick Huey, who are both 0-1. Not sure if you're familiar with either one of them. Okay. But, it's hard. Uh, They're hard questions, man. Wait, did you all, did, did you all run these on Tesori when you all, you all had him, didn't you? No, we didn't. No. We started. We had him on, but we didn't run the trivia. Oh, I, was yeah. I know, real upsetting. Hey, all right, all right. Well, let's see how, let's see how good okay, I can do. So here's the question. How bad I can do. Roll it. Uh, it's an estimate. How many golfers are there in Canada? What? Oh, God. Okay. 
See, Nolan, you see what I'm saying about these questions here? Mm. Like, the second he said it's an estimate, I'm like, I'm out. This is... It's not... Okay, it's a it's a rough estimate because they don't know exactly, but you're it's well, it's well within the, the range What's I get. the population in Canada? Thank you. I was about to I Google that help. right now. Well, am I supposed to give that answer? Hey, you put that phone away, Jerry. You, you damn well better, Zach. We yeah. At least that okay. Much. Thirty-seven million. Okay. Kay. Thank you. No, that's 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 acceptable. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm gonna go with. Oh, whoa, whoa, we're oh, getting whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. So the game oh, is you write God. it down. Oh okay. my gosh. Okay. 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 <laughs> Ooh, almost ruined the this whole game. This is the Price is Right, dog. Don't go one dollar. Yeah. <laughs> so A, one to three million. B, three to five million. C five to seven million or D seven plus. Uh, Zach Jared, Jared is our resident guest. You get the first guess. Going with a solid A. A okay. A. Uh, a. Nolan a. is second place in the standings. What are you going with? Second place. Uh, <laughs> actually accurate. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're just counting wins, but not win percentage. Um, right. Yeah. We have a different I, point system here. Just you wait, dog. Zach, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with C, five okay. to seven. Is that what you said? Yeah, and Jerry. D seven plus. The correct answer. Drum roll. Is five point seven million. No, oh, come on. Right again. Oh it's, man, come that on, is- Canada. That golf. is rough for the two of you guys. We're talking about bad weather and you can't play golf. Get out there! Oh, I forgot about all the ones, that go, the, the ones that go to Florida and Arizona to play. Oh, That's yeah. Exactly. I forgot about those. No, no, no. It's the same ones. It's the same ones, Jared. <laughs> Jared's trying to make some good uh, effort. Didn't you guess A? You were still like three million <laughs> so off. off. <laughs> that was so far off. I don't know what yeah, you know what? Is. You know what? Technically, Jared, I know he's. I know he's trying to uh, make you feel better. I said seven plus, which means who knows how off I was. I just thought yeah, you could have been thinking it, twelve or thirteen. I don't know. I could have really been all thirty. I could have been thinking all thirty-seven. All thirty-seven. Come on, oh, get a hobby. Let's go. You know what the best part about this game is? I don't have to answer, so I can just scold everyone who gets it wrong. <laughs> well, Gene Rayburn on Match Game had the best job. He would just sit around there and slur his words and mess things up and be like, all right, what are we talking about now? And he'd just like, yeah, you didn't know how to know squat. Like Sean Connery said on Slurry Jeopardy, you wouldn't be so smart, Trebek, if you didn't have to read from those cards. That man reads from a card. Exactly. And the last thing we got to ask you is, which we do with all our guests, because now since you've come on the pod, we are now diehard Jared Wolf fans. We live and die by every shot. We will be going crazy at your right. next victory. So we got to know who are some of your closest friends on the tour. And if you have any arch enemies, you could shoot us a DM with those guys and we'll be strongly rooting against them. We will take them out. Oh, man. Uh, so who, who, are my, who are my buddies on the tour? Oh, yeah. Well, who are good? Who, who's good company? I mean, because it turns good out company. of well, the two or three well, people we've gotten in touch with, it, they, it turns out they all know each other and they didn't talk amongst themselves that they know us. So, I mean, we're kind of developing something here. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, got, I mean, my roommate's in here now, so I have to, I have to shout him <laughs> out. Uh, shout oh, Andrew you. Johnson, put him on the camera. No. Beef! Beef! <laughs> he's going to be in the room! <laughs> No, he's hurt right now. I think. I think he's 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 taking a couple of weeks off. I think he's hurt. Yeah, his, uh, no, his game's been broken for years. What do you mean weeks? <laughs> oh, his body. The. Uh, uh, but no, I got uh, my buddy uh, Shad Tootin. I uh, I room with him a lot. He's a good dude. Uh, be on the lookout for him. Uh, Jimmy Stanger, Stephen Franken. Uh, see, man, there's golly, there's there's so many uh, so many guys. There's 
Tom Whitney, John Somers. Those are my Latin, those those are my Latin tour guys. Shad's my, Shad's from the Latin tour as well. Uh, was well, there anybody you really uh, that you trenched with that's like now like gotten it out on the PJ tour at all? I mean, I wouldn't call Justin Thomas and Tony Finau trenching it, but they 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 were a rookie year with me in fourteen. Like, but that, that is like, but yeah, but they you know they yeah. were. They were guys that I knew. I, knew, I played a, a decent amount of mini tour golf with Fina. I went. Was that the Pumpkin like, Ridge class? Uh, I feel like I was in the I was in the lobby of Pumpkin Ridge, and they had that big picture on the wall there with like twenty two guys, and Fina and Thomas were in that picture. Well, it had to be the. Yeah, it was Daniel like Berger, it was the getting your card year. Yeah, like Daniel Berger was that year. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that, that was yeah, it. Yeah. That was it. I was I quickly went the other way. I uh, <laughs> I was far from the twenty five. Oh, but okay. but uh but yeah he uh let's see yeah so i played played a, a decent amount with Finau and uh, like i said it's uh, two years in a row at second stage uh, we both made it through uh the same year there to finals and then uh, i mean justin being from the same area and around louisville kentucky uh, just knowing each other a little bit through that right on that's yeah. very cool very cool yeah, there's a bunch of guys out there trenching it out, though, I'd say, for sure. Like, you got like Tyler Duncan, who won earlier this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. You got Chris Baker's out there this year. I've been buddies with him mm-hmm. for a while. Oh, you're uh, Chris Baker friend. Nice. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah he's guy's a good cool. dude. I like him a lot. Yeah, I like Chris a lot. He's a good dude. He's uh, probably the straightest golf ball hitter I've ever seen in my life. And that's hard to do. Like, I actually promote to a lot of golfers that it's really tough to put axis on axis spin on a golf ball and have a perfectly, like, solid plane swing. Shout out Mo Norman. But needless mm-hmm. to say, it, that's why I say, like, oh, if you have a natural fade or you just happen to have a uh, club path where – I'm sorry, yeah, you, I deal with a lot of 20 yeah. handicaps. But I'm trying to get their 20 handicap swing to get them around an 85 on the course. Exactly, and you can do exactly. it if you, if it you understand your limitations right away and just know what to do. Yeah, but, but needless to say, the straight golf ball hitter, I've abandoned that. I never try to hit a straight shot ever in my life anymore. I know that yeah. every single shot I'm going to hit is going to have a little bit of turn to it. So mm-hmm. I just need to, uh, like I said, if I just roll out of the car, driver in my hand, first tee, I will aim as close to what I think the center line is, and I will find out what my miss is that day. That's exactly how I play the course. I'm just kind of like, all right, it's going to be yeah. a draw, or I'm going to be lazy and lean back and hit a slice today. We're going to find out on the first tee, and then I'm going to fix it by the second tee, or try to. So. And then you're, you're going to roll with it and, and try to try to make some birdies with it. Pretty much. And I am not a birdie machine. I'm one of those guys who will shoot 74 with like two bogeys and uh, 16 pars because that's just my style. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, Jared, we really, really, really appreciate your time. I mean, this was a kick-ass conversation. We enjoyed everything about it top to bottom. Uh, did you want to give any more shout outs to birdie backer or birdies for hope or anything else you want to plug websites, Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, yeah. You check it out on uh, check it out on Instagram and Twitter. Um, What's your Twitter? I, I got to follow you as soon as we at get off. Jared, the, uh, at Jared Wolf Pro. Okay. Yeah. Easy enough. Same, same, for, uh, same for Instagram. Um, but, yeah, yeah, check out the link link in the profile for the birdie backer. And then, uh, well, I guess we'll put it on the podcast for the birdies for hope thing as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll definitely yeah. have the, the link up. Uh, Zach, <clears throat> he'll have that on the website for us. Yeah. Um, Nolan, is there – oh, I'm sorry. sorry oh, I'll say, I'll say uh, the uh, – he's uh, – I'm just starting to kind of partner up a little bit. Not, I don't know if partner up's the right word, but kind of um, test out and rep a little bit of these uh, IFG Fit shirts. They've sent me a few of them and some things. These are uh, posture corrective shirts. For, uh, they look lovely. They are fantastic. They what are, are they? What's up? 
What are they made out of? How does a shirt correct posture? Oh, that's a good, that's shirts a good out of they have like a, they have like an elastic thing in the back, but it's a but it oh. but you don't see it like it's a full on just normal t shirt. Like you know you wouldn't you just think somebody's wearing a workout shirt. It's not like a compression, like tight fitting whatever shirt. Uh, I see what you're saying. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 it's cool. You can wear it out and all that kind of stuff. Um, they they've been taken off in the uh, some other sports areas. I think hockey, some baseball, and uh, maybe basketball. So they're trying to get into the golf world. So they're shoot. That, that sounds pretty global already. I mean, all you need is soccer, and that's it. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, exactly. So I'm just, you know, uh, shop them out a little bit, and you know, Cleveland Strixon, the other brand. Check them out. You um, can find them at Cleveland and Strixon wherever you find your golf yeah, balls and chippers yeah. and putters. I've seen the website. They still make drivers, but they don't advertise. They still make them. drivers. Yes, Jamie said. Jamie Sadlowski still uses their driver. So there you Cleveland. Go. Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland launcher. Well, that could not the old know, one, like not we, the OG, we, but we could. Oh no, no, I know they're making new stuff, but yeah. I mean, we could have another equipment pod for another time, and oh, hopefully, we go. could have you back sure. on, Jared. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun, absolutely. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, enjoy and your time down south of the border, and good luck to you, Nolan. Do you have anything you want to share with us, or say to? Uh, I mean, asking Jared anything in the last second. No, nah, this is really fun, Jared. I appreciate you coming on. It's all, it's always good to have guests, and you are an A-list guest. So fantastic! Yeah, Love it, was, it. it was great. Yeah, I play a sixty-degree Cleveland wedge. So shout out, shout out, <laughs> shout out to the boys. Yeah, shout out Cleveland. I got a fifty-eight. Right. I just put it back in my bag. Yeah, <laughs> it's, special for, it's a special fraternity. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jared. We Thanks, for sure Jared. appreciate you coming on, and hopefully, we'll catch up at one of the tournaments soon i know i'm heading out to a bunch of them hopefully catch a couple corn ferry tour events see you out on the pga tour soon oh hell and, yeah uh, yeah this has been great hopefully we have you back on you got to improve on that uh, canadian trivia record uh, um, i need i need a i need to get on the google yeah the google we gotta bone uh, up well, I appreciate it, Jared. Thank you very much, Zach and Nolan. And for me, Jerry Lou, you can find me caddying at Banded Dunes Golf Resort. But that has nothing to do with this. This has been From the Back Tees podcast. The website is the same name, www.fromthebacktees.com. You can find me on Twitter at Jerry Lou Looper. And, fellas, it's been a really, really wonderful evening. AK, shout out. Rest in peace. Thank you for listening to From the Back Tees. Toward the hole, and it's in with 30. We hope you enjoyed today's show. For more information and updates, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at From the Back Tees. I'm going to enjoy it for the rest of my life. See you next week. Be the ball, man.